Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Eves. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Habitat Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am Jared Van Heese, your host, and we are here to become better habitat managers through the guests and experts that we interview. Now, guys, we have a uh, great episode lined up for you today. We have Nick Percy from Killer Food Plots and Wes Baker, uh, just a friend and uh, user of Killer Food Plots down out of Ohio who's uh, been on been on the Killer Food Plots team for a while helping out and uh, just really is impressed with all of Nick's products uh, like Brian and I both are as well. So tonight we have Nick and Wes on the line. We talk about Nick's pond product called AquaShield. Uh, spring pond maintenance. Talk about fighting bacteria in water with good bacteria. Talk about soil health and tips. We talk about root size, fertilizer, not having to rotate your your food plots, and then we uh, at the end talk about getting veterans out to hunt and what good foundations that these guys are a part of uh, that you know we were unaware of. So it's a pretty cool episode talking with Nick and Wes. We're also going to launch the video version of this podcast on Facebook and YouTube, so be sure to check that out. And for anyone interested in any of Killer Food Plots products, uh, they can be found at KillerFoodPlots.com. He has free shipping right now, and also we were able to secure a 10% discount code for all Habitat Podcast listeners. That discount code can be used at KillerFoodPlots.com, and the code is HP10% sign. So HP 10%, get you 10% off any of the Killer Food Plots products, 
and free shipping on the website. So be sure to check them out, guys. Uh, just a great episode here with Nick and Wes. Now, I also want to let you guys know about 5-2 Outdoors. Dale still has some Lazy Man blinds for sale over there. Uh, he's getting through the 2019 pricing, and uh, once those are gone, they will not be uh, restocking. So be sure to get the, the blowout going on over there at 5-2 Outdoors. That's F-I-V-E, the number 2, outdoors.com. You can also find uh, a link to Dale's website on HabitatPodcast.com. So be sure to check Dale out and those Lazy Man Blinds. Now, if you guys have listened to me and the podcast long enough, you know that we like to give out free decals to our awesome reviews that our our friends and uh, listeners leave us online. Uh, I got a great one here from Adam Dunton. This was left on uh, May 11th. Loving the podcast, Life. Message them to ask where I can listen. They were very helpful. Love the content. I'm addicted to habitat improvement, and this is a great wealth of info to help me grow. Thank you. Adam, thank you, sir, for leaving that on there. I really appreciate it. And another one here from Josh from The Mitten. Got hooked on this podcast about two months back, and I'm working my way back through the first 60 episodes. These guys continue to deliver week in and week out. Their guests range from your average show to the best in the business, and I appreciate the insight and broad range of opinions. Highly recommend. Josh from The Mitten, thank you so much, sir. I will get you guys some decals. Uh, I have another run of decals being made right now. So thank you, everybody, who has left us a great review, either on the podcast app on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Facebook, wherever. We really appreciate that, and that helps drive us to do better and continue you know, improving and, and just getting this free information out to the listeners. There was one other review I wanted to leave. It was from uh, Ty in Kentucky on a digital land plan we completed for him. So Ty has 25 acres down there, and he reached out to us, and we got him a digital plan and uh, finished it up for him. Ty says, got this amazing digital habitat plan working with Jared and Brian. I highly recommend this to everyone. They spent tons of time working with me, talking on the phone, texting, etc. to get this perfect for me. This is a great option for anyone looking for some great advice on your property. Yeah, thank you so much, Ty. It was a pleasure working with you, my man. Uh, good luck this fall, and thank you for the kind words and uh, you know trusting us to, to help improve your property. And guys, all of our podcasts, hats, shirts, gear, details, land plan information, can be found at habitatpodcast.com. We are uploading, uh, I have three new blog posts that are going up there, one on herbicides, one on deer anatomy with arrow placement, and one on being a, a habitat manager, what that means. So a couple good blog posts going up there real soon, so pay attention to habitatpodcast.com. All right, everybody, I want to thank Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, the Habitat Hook, Morris Nursery, Killer Food Plots, 5-2 Outdoors, Stony Creek Realty, Packer Max Cult of Packers, and HuntWise for this episode. Let's get right into it with Nick and Wes at Killer Food Plots. And Nick, you might be our all-time highest occurring guest. How's that feel? Good to see you. Well, good to see you, man. Yeah, we're That's on awesome. Zoom. We're on Zoom yeah. for everybody who doesn't know, so we are, we're actually seeing each other. I think, this is, I think this feature is cool, actually. You know, it's nice to be able to see you while we're talking to you. And I don't get to see you guys often enough, especially Brian. I get to see Jared at least, you know, half dozen times a year anyway. 
So whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we usually grab some lunch together. We haven't been able to do that anywhere in a long time. So drive-through maybe be the only way. Yeah, we can meet at McDonald's for a nice tea and a coffee, and you know, it'd be great. Yeah, I'm always up for a nice tea, unsweet, <laughs> no sugar. <laughs> so for everybody who doesn't know, this is Nick Percy from Killer Food Plots. We also have Wes Baker from Killer Food Plots. How you doing, Wes? Doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for jumping on here today with us. Enjoy it. Let's uh, get an introduction from both of you guys real quick, if you don't mind. Nick, you want to start? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Nick Percy, owner of Killer Food Plots. Uh, own Killer Food Plots for 30 years in 2020. It's hard to believe it's been that many years. But, uh, yeah, started as a hobby business. And, uh, well, actually it started with me growing food plots for my buddies, which I had no idea what a food plot even was to uh, becoming a hobby business and being a legitimate business, sliding all the way backwards in the financial category because you get a tax ID number and it gobbles all your money up. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely starting to build it back up. So, no, it's it's exciting. I mean, all, all joking aside, it, it's funny how, and you can attest to this with your Habitat podcast, both you guys, you know, you start from that infancy and um, – and just how things grow and build and the momentum comes and then you get setbacks and then you get back up, dust yourself off and keep going forward. So I love it. I'm passionate about it. You know, we've had this discussion a lot of times, just never take your eye off the goal, you know, no matter the valley or the ridge that you have to connect together or the valley you have to travel through. So it's our passion that keeps us going for sure. Amen. Right, Wes? Definitely. You're going all night in your taxidermy shop, doesn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, get up at five and go to my my day job. So I get it. I've been on the phone with you many times, and, you know, you work long hours a night, and then, you know, just living the same life, two jobs at one time, and, and just putting your heart and soul into everything. Yeah, sometimes we have to call each other so he doesn't fall asleep on his mountain. I don't fall asleep driving home from my food plot job, so... <laughs> <laughs> So, Wes, let's, let's hear about you a little bit. Where are you from? Uh, I'm north of Dayton, Ohio. Um, just, uh, you know, love whitetail hunting. And a few years back, wanted to try plots and ran into Nick at the ATA show and heard his, his you know, his speech. You know, when you walk by and hear him talking about it and catch his passion, you know, we became, you know, I was a customer and then became friends and, and we're family now. So, that's a... Uh, kind of yes, where sir. you know we met in this in this industry and, and and the food plotting and hunting and just grew together very nice and you helped nick out at killer food plots a lot right yeah any chance i get you know like i said with, I, I work a full-time job and do the taxidermy so i'm very busy you know doing both of them but any chance i get and and any way i can help them i, I try my best the answer is yes to that question. Yeah, he helps me a lot more than he's saying right there, but yes. And Wes's family, as, as many of my, you know, customers have become over the years and joined the staff. And, um, you know, that's what makes it so special and unique is we have guys that are passionate about what we do. They, you know, as Wes put it, caught my passion for, for food plotting and, and whitetails. And he He's trying to be a pretty good turkey hunter, but, you know, he's been challenged lately. <laughs> been a rough season. Yeah. Well, that happens sometimes, you know, but uh, 
And I can't say much because I never have time to turkey hunt. It doesn't seem because I'm always prepping for the next food plot or the next habitat project or doing a property consultation. And it's been a little different with the social distancing and not being able to drive to do consults. It's really been a pretty big setback this year. But we're getting them lined up, and we're going to bust a bunch of them out and hopefully uh, get some customers' food plots rocking here soon. Very nice. Now, Wes, were you at the ATA show this year with Nick? I wasn't there, but Brian was. And uh, were you at the ATA? Yes, I was. Okay. Um, the next thing I wanted to cover here was something that you and Nick could probably both touch on. Killer Food Plots won one or two awards at the ATA this year. Well, we were recognized for our new KFP Aqua Shield, which is organic pond treatment that helps to address a major issue we're all passionate about trying to figure out, which is the EHD epidemic, um, and also creating healthier water situation and more desirable for whitetails and other wildlife to go to that watering hole. And then our KFP Soil Defender, which to me is a huge tool, not only for soil quality and soil health, but for efficiency um, and producing thick, deep root systems, which help us through the drought and help us through extreme wet conditions for that matter. The deeper the roots, the the better your plants are going to do and uh, the more groceries you're going to grow, which is always the key. Grow the best best quality groceries and the most of them you can so you keep those deer fed and keep them coming in all season long so you can capitalize on it. Awesome. Congratulations, first of all, for being recognized Thanks. for both those. That's all. Were those like innovation or what were those? Yeah, products? so they were they were uh, an awards. Um, there were 40, 40 products in the thousands and thousands of new products at ATA, which to me makes it pretty darn special. And you know how hard I work to come up with solutions to problems that we all face and, and you know, that really are – I'm not trying to produce a product to make dollars. I'm trying to solve problems, and that's always been my focus at Killer Food Plots. Um, dollars come when you do right things and you take care of people and you, you put together a product that really ultimately solves those problems. And and the Aqua Shield is honestly, you know, a 20-year passion for me. When I raised deer in, in high fence, I had a pond that constantly make my deer sick. And we tested the water. We found issues. We addressed it with chemicals and different things, and my deer were still getting sick. The chemicals affected the gut health of my deer, and it was just a bad cycle for us. And and so I ultimately ended up high fencing off a perfectly good pond so that my, my deer wouldn't get sick any longer. And we were just feeding them fresh water or watering them with fresh water and out of the spigot. And, you know, I just think about this big push to put a watering hole in your property and have a watering hole as a draw and a, and a, um, a point of intersecting your whitetails and, and providing a water source, you know, and honestly, whitetails get about 85% of what they need in their water source from the food they eat into the green forage. Um, however, we do have seasons where we have hard droughts, you know, and, and that's a discussion point we, we definitely need to cover in this podcast. But when we are in a drought condition or drier conditions than what we've had in 2018-19 across the country, that does put a, a need for a watering hole and I really felt like I needed to address that in not only the health and benefit of the water by eliminating bad bacteria in the water, but also eliminating the, the muck and the organic decaying matter in the bottom of those ponds, which is ultimately where the larvae that are laid in the water, they, they drop down into that muck and they hide. And they hide out and they wait for um, 
for the water to recede, and then we get that big hatching of flies, mosquitoes, midge fly, and anoceums and that bite the crap out of our ears. But the bigger, biggest problem there is, is obviously that midge fly because it's the carrier of that EHD when they bite an infected animal and transfer. And as you mentioned, uh, as we were kind of discussing before we started the podcast, I mean, Iowa is one of the biggest hit states, and, you know, they tend to hold some pretty large whitetails, and there was a lot of them literally dropping like flies. And a lot of people that have managed their properties for a long time have lost some huge deer uh, last year. And so I feel like the timeliness of getting AquaShield out there and the awareness of what it can do and how it can really impact your pond fairly quickly um, it is important so people understand there is a, a solution to that problem and, um, and going after it. Yeah, so I guess explain to me, uh, I know you've told me before a few times, but to me and the listeners, like how does AquaShield destroy the, the breeding grounds for these terrible larvae and, and midges and everything else, like without giving away your secret, I mean, obviously. Right, but, right. You know, tell me, well, like, I mean, how does that work? Yeah, so, I mean, the, as an engineer of 25 years, my whole job is go to the root cause, right? Solve the ultimate problem, not a Band-Aid, not a, not a short-term deal, but solve the problem. And, and really the problem is is that these larvae have a place to hide, which is in the muck in the bottom of the pond. And there's a lot of different ways to go after people go after this muck in the pond, but there's not a long-term sustainable um, uh, product out there on the market that that energizes and puts Mother Nature to work. And that's really what we've done with AquaShield is we created a, a combination of organic products uh, or ingredients that energize the bacteria, that aerobic bacteria, the healthy bacteria that we want to go into that muck. Literally within 15 to 20 minutes, you're going to start seeing bubbles coming off the bottom. That's that aerobic bacteria getting coating the sidewalls all the way to the bottom and digging in and getting into that muck, and they start to – burrow down, the first thing they eat is the anaerobic bacteria. And I call the anaerobic bacteria in the pond, they're the slow, very, very slow, half asleep. I call them the fat guys on the couch, right, doing nothing. They're just sucking uh, need, much needed dissolved oxygen in the bottom of the pond. And, I, you know, unfortunately, they're not doing the work they need to do in breaking down that decaying organic materials. Well, the aerobic bacteria are the energetic teenagers that we've pumped full of uh, essentially in a healthy way, but we'll say gave them a shot of espresso or a monster, right? We energize them, and these millions and billions of bacteria in the water are, go down into that muck, and the first thing they eat is that anaerobic bacteria. By doing that or energizing aerobic bacteria in the pond and putting them to work, they actually create more dissolved oxygen, more dissolved oxygen than they consume themselves. So each one of them is, is creating more oxygen than they need, which is, again, increasing the dissolved oxygen for your fish and other aquatic species, which is another benefit. It's a side benefit of, of what we're doing. As they get into that muck, they start to get down and dig to the bottom, and they start to release it. So then it starts getting dispersed and suspended throughout the pond um, in the, the larger volume of pond water, and the rest of those aerobic bacteria just munch away at that that muck until it's gone and you clarify that pond getting to that virgin pond bottom now that virgin pond bottom whether it be clay or sand or some other media rock when it's clean 
and clear, it doesn't allow the larvae as they drop down through the water to hit that mud and hide. And it doesn't give them that incubation uh, place. So one of two things happens. If you have fish in your pond, they will actually eat those larvae and see them as a food source. If not, the aerobic bacteria will gobble them up and see them as a food source. So either way, we are going after those mosquitoes, flies, noceums, and midgefly larvae and consuming them so that we have a much less, uh, a, a higher reduction in the uh, the number of those larvae in the pond or the opportunity for them to actually um, mature and hatch out of the pond as the water recedes. Wow, no, great explanation. Um, that's that's pretty amazing stuff. Is there like a size limit, small or large, where this would work? Uh, I mean, it'll work in any any volume of, you know, of, depending on your size of your pond or your watering hole. So you can treat a few ounces in a small kind of uh, small watering hole that you may have created for your deer all the way up to, you know, a few gallons to 100 gallons. The way that we have it, um, it's a concentration, concentrated formula. It weighs more than water, so it naturally will flow across down the side walls and it spreads out but it covers the entire surface and by energizing those, those uh, anaerobic bacteria they immediately go into work in all those um, the, the bottom sidewall areas of the pond and as well as throughout the water and so we are treating with two gallons we're our recommendation for initial application into a pond is two gallons per surface area acre one foot deep after you've treated a pond at that rate, then you're, and that, by the way, will last you about 60 to 75 days, depending on, you know, how intense, how intense or how dirty or how intense your pond conditions are, how much organic material, how deep that is in the bottoms and sidewalls of your pond. Um, but we're saying on average about 60 to 75 days. Um, in the hot times of the month, or hot months of the year, I should say, which is usually like June, July, August, September in a lot of our states where we're hitting those record highs. That is when you really want to, you really want to be going after that pond and you make dose your pond about every 45 days. And so when you treat that pond every 45 days, what you're trying to do is you're trying to re-energize and, and introduce uh, that aerobic activity within the water so that it can continue to gobble and, and devour not only that organic materials, but also continue to address the larvae that are consistently being laid in the pond. This will also reduce, by getting rid of that organic material, will also reduce the opportunities for the algae bloom to happen in your pond. And as you know, that's really important so that you don't have that additional suffocation aspect or that reduction of oxygen within the pond, which your fish are more than happy <laughs> once you start dumping this stuff in the pond. It makes a huge difference. That's pretty crazy how it's, it's organic too, right? Yeah, it's a it's an organic product, um, which, you know, makes makes it really nice. That's, that's always an important focal point for us. You know, our Groganics is organic. We have our Omri listing on the uh, Groganics Gen 1, uh, Gen 2, uh, both fusion and hydration, um, very important. Sorry, my phone is dinging here. Shut that off. Um, the that's never ending, right? In the world of Nick, <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> but uh, the 
addressing addressing problems, but doing it in a healthy manner is a is a very big focus for me. Right? We have we have a, a, an opportunity to address a problem, but I don't want to leave a negative behind. And a lot of the products that we did research on that were out there to see if did we really need to create a new product or was there a product that would work? You know, you you're addressing both the positive and negative, and you're killing both of them off, right? In pond treatments and and then what always comes back first, the negative, always wants to overcome that positive. So what we did is we energized the good to combat and take care of the bad. And there's other things going on in our product, you know, from an organic comb- compounds and, and combinations that are helping us get the end results. But AquaShield, this is important as well. AquaShield also breaks down negative toxins in the, in the soil or in the water that are runoff from the soil or from surrounding areas or from farmlands or creeks or, you know, streams that flow in that, that may flow at different times of the year. We're now with spring, we've had some rains, we've got some high uh, creek levels and that flows into our wetlands or into our pond areas. And then as that recedes, our pond is stagnant and staying, um, uh, you know, that standing water contains a lot of that runoff. So, we are also addressing a lot of those issues going on. So the nutrient load within the pond, as we break down this organic material, if you wanted to put a sump pump and pump, say, to water your food plots, your nutrient load will actually be better and more usable, and you're breaking down those toxins. Glyphosate runoff is a big deal, and that's also something we're dealing with in the soils with our soil defender, you know, not to get off subject. So. There's a lot of benefits with AquaShield of what it's doing and maintaining, and the whole reason why we called it AquaShield is it is protecting the the health and and uh, availability of a healthy water source that can not only support the wildlife above ground but also the aquatic species from within that pond that call that home. Okay, and is there any time of year you you should use this product versus another time, or is it whenever? Well, so we, you know, we want the we want the the water temperatures to be obviously above freezing temperatures to get the maximum, right? Because bacteria slow down in the winter months and things just aren't moving at the same rate. Um, but you know, basically, when your water temperature is above that freezing, the ice comes off the ponds. Um, we start. You can start treating the pond, and you can treat that pond probably till just prior to, um, you know, temperatures that are 40 degrees and above, I guess, is what I would say. So somewhere 40 degrees, uh, north of 40 degrees would be ideal. Um, The warmer the temperatures, the more active bacteria will be. Um, Also, the the increased chances, I mentioned, during the hottest months to get that algae bloom and to get that, um, to get that under control, you want to treat ahead of that. You want to treat it now. My biggest concern is that uh, this year, I anticipate a big drought again. I don't, I don't anticipate the kind of rain we had last year. I believe that we're going to um, see a greater number of EHD cases if we don't treat. And the reason why is we had so much water. We are holding water in places we've never held water before, which is giving larvae the opportunity to set up shop and do this huge hatchery out of these set aside or these marshy or somewhat maybe uh, would be moist would not be moist areas that are holding water um, and that's that's a major issue we've got a lot of farmers with runoff into areas that 
normally wouldn't hold the water, wouldn't have as much of an issue. And we're actually working with some farmers here in Michigan um, addressing that problem because they're very concerned about um, about not only the wildlife, but they're also concerned about state regulations and the runoff from manures and things off their fields getting into some of these waterways. And so they're looking for a way to treat that and address it so that they don't end up in a situation. So um, I know one of my one of my good friends and my partner in, in uh, getting the word out on Aquashield is starting to work or had started a conversation prior to this corona break, outbreak uh, pandemic with the state of Michigan. And we're looking at some ways to help people address that problem as well. So it has a lot of implications uh, and a lot of opportunity to address multiple problems um, going on out there. You know, EHD in the hunting world is obviously a huge thing for us uh, as hunters and, and conservationists. But, you know, a lot of our farmers are hunters and conservationists as well. And, and then they also have an obligation to, um, to manage some of that off that watershed or that drainage off of their, their fields. So. Yeah, that's definitely important. Something we all should be thinking about. And anytime we can get a, an upper hand on that, it'll be a definite benefit for sure. Now, Nick, when I was at the ATA, you'd showed me another product you were real excited about. And uh, you mentioned it earlier, and we're talking about possibly having this dry year. Soil Defender. You explained everything to me. Sounded pretty amazing. Just uh, walk us through that for our listeners and tell us how you came up with that. Well, Soil Defender is is a, a product that we developed um, to address a couple different issues. Again, one is negative bacteria. Um, one Another thing is depth of root. We wanted to drive our roots deeper to be more drought tolerant. Um, microtoxins in the soil, uh, definitely a major issue. I know on one of our previous uh, Habitat podcasts, we talked about you know, the problem with CWD and some of the issues that are going on. And I think as this research and development that we're, we're working on with some other organizations is starts to unfold and we start to, to create some reports, um, the glyphosate residuals in the soil are causing a lot of problems and they're causing misfolding of proteins and things that um, that misfolded protein is what's allowing that CWD uh, prion to be taken up by plants and to be consumed by uh, by animals and and so it's very important for us to to write that soil and and that's a big focus for myself and my research partners that we've put into Soil Defender. Um, I would I I need to stop myself short of saying it's some kind of revolutionary solution long term, but it does address it does address a lot of the issues going on in the soil and um, Again, that misfolded protein or that that uh, prion is a misfolded protein. And by addressing and breaking down high phosphorus, high magnesium, um, that's unheard of when you're trying to, to address a piece of soil. Breaking down high phosphorus, you know, a lot of times it's our own fault we have high phosphorus and sometimes not. But phosphorus, um, by uh, by design, is just difficult to consume and we have very high levels in a lot of our food plot areas because as men a little's good so more is better right so you know when our food plots aren't doing everything we want we go get more fertilizer and start dumping it and dumping it on the soil but we don't realize the, the side effect or the negative of that 
And sure. until, until now, you know, I've not had a tool that would help me unbind that phosphorus and get it out of jail and allow it to be consumed by the plant and to reduce those levels. Same thing is true with magnesium. And so what's cool about the dynamics of the 11 different ingredients, organic ingredients we put together in Soil Defender, we're actually able to go into that soil, um, high levels of, or healthy levels of humic, fulvic acid, humates, um, our, our combination of, of those 11 different ingredients working together with Mother Nature in that soil, we're starting to write things in the soil. We're starting to put them and pair them up and allow them to work together. We're breaking down salt because a lot of what people don't understand is a lot of those synthetic fertilizers, yeah, they're cheap, guys, and you're stretching your dollar to buy triple 19 or triple 12 or triple 17, but 40% of the bag is limestone. It's rock, not like, not like pH neutralizing lime, but it's stone just as a filler to help disperse more evenly the nutrients. And so it's not beneficial. But the bigger problem is about 10 to 15% of those bags is salt. And when we start salting the earth over and over, and we have that a little is good and more is better, the more salt we keep dumping into the soil, salt does a couple different things. Salt binds up nutrients and it puts them in jail, right, so that the plants can't access them. Actually, there are other things that do that in the soil as well, but salt being one of them. And salt can dramatically change your soil uh, results and the, the uh, dynamics of what's going on in your salt. Iron can also, iron's a great thing to green things, but iron can bind up nutrients in the soil. Soil Defender will go in and break down salt. It will, it will, uh, it will condition and work on that iron and break that iron down to a usable form. Humic acid, it does amazing things in the soil. When you have a stable humic and a fulvic in combination, um, with some of the other organic materials or ingredients we have in Soil Defender, the consumption and utilization and access to bound up, jailed nutrients in your soil is transformed into a usable form, um, allowing you to grow more green groceries above the ground. And I, I have to stop myself very often and go and sound like this is the biology class, so I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying to break <laughs> it down into simple forms because I can lose people. But, but essentially, we are going into the soil. We are feeding the microbes in the soil, much like we did in the pond, right? We're feeding the healthy bacteria. We're doing the same thing in the soil. We're feeding the healthy um, bacteria. Those healthy bacteria are much like the ants that build a giant anthill. And you know how vigorous and, and intense ants are about going out, collecting nutrients, and bringing them back to the nest. And they're, they're like bees. They just go and go and go all day. Well, the bacteria in the soil, a lot of them are laying there dormant. They need to be fed, woken up, given that espresso or that shot of life. And there's a lot more going on than just that. But essentially, just to break it down in a simple form, we need to energize those bacteria and take those billions and billions of bacteria and put them to work for you and your food plot. In contrast, to tie this back together, when you take triple 19, triple 17, triple 12, and you salt those bacteria, that actually kills the bacteria that are alive. It actually salts them out and kills them. Or the bacteria that aren't awake yet, it actually 
wipes them out and it, and you, you kill them so that they're no longer usable. So now you're wiping out this available army. What we do with Soil Defender, what we do with Groganics is we feed those microbes. We feed them not only what they need to be woken up and go to work, but we also provide them with the tools in their tool belt that break down the salt, break down the iron, break down the things that are restricting access to the nutrients and allow those bacteria to go get them. They travel back to that new seedling root, attached to the root, so back up their semi, attached to the root, offload their nutrients to the plant through the root and die and become part of the root system. So think about if you took 150,000 bacteria and you salted them to death, you're probably not going to have a real healthy food plot and a very healthy root system. But when you energize billions and billions of bacteria and you put that army to work, that's when you're growing a significant root system with significant depth. And the deeper that root system and the broad, wider and broader that root system means less grass, less weeds, but most importantly, more nutrients, more moisture, more drought resistance, and that turns into major groceries in your cupboards going into the most critical time of the year, which is the hunting season followed by winter, and your deer need those nutrients. And so for me, it's one of the greatest accomplishments for us at Killer Food Plots and what we do in habitat management in 29 uh, states is that this product is useful in Colorado, it's useful in New York, it's useful in Texas and Florida, and it's useful right here in Michigan and every other state in between and around that because it addresses the common problems we have in the soil um, while also addressing the misfolding proteins and some of those things that are causing um, other issues in our deer herd and the health. And that's, that's our driving passion. And, you know, that's why Wes gets so excited. You know, he may not be an expert at what, what I'm talking about, but, but he knows enough about it and he sees the products that we bring to the table and as do many of our customers. And, and it's just, it's exciting. It's exciting to help them have success in ways that they've never been able to have. Man, I couldn't grow a food plot here ever. And now they're like, not only am I growing a food plot, but geez, it's up to my knees or it's up to my thighs. And, you know, thank you so much. And for me, the reward is when I see that picture of them with their son or daughter holding their first buck or their first deer ever, or seeing a, a grown man that's 50 or 60 years old, he's never killed a buck in his life. And he's holding those antlers, you know, whether it's a little basket rack or it's a, you know, a giant buck. Um, to me, they're all, they're all special and they're all trophies and, and, a lot of times I haven't been able to hunt over the years and um, just because I'm so busy taking care of my customers and, and working on these problems. But that is truly the passion by which our whole staff, you know, commit are committed to doing what we do. And, um, and I, it's super special. It's super special to be recognized by our peers at ATA because that board and those people who voted on those products are our peers. They're our peers in the hunting industry. They're those folks who are out pushing and, and driving their passion in the area of which they're experts. Um, and uh, so we were we were just absolutely flabbergasted. I had no idea we were going to be recognized like that. So uh, two of 40 products in thousands and thousands of products is pretty special. Yeah, that's amazing what that soil defender is able to do. And 
you know, don't ever feel like you're talking over anybody's head here because we enjoy the conversation and our listeners, even if they don't get it 100%, they're picking up pieces of it. But that's why we come to you. That's why we send them to you because you have it all figured out and they just have to follow the instructions and, and get it done. Well, I, I appreciate it. We're very excited. We started doing field testing for the last couple of years and the, the response from the customers has just been nothing short of exciting and and like I said, very rewarding, and we could not wait to get it to the to the table at ATA and to introduce it to the greater public, and um, and you know, so so many other people could realize that success. And I'll tell you, I mean, I, I plant hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres in a year myself, not to mention my staff and my extended teams that that help me plant in, in other areas across the country, and. Um, it's one of the most exciting things. I, I planted some oats in a field that was a 5.3 pH in some sandy, lousy, almost 0.8 organic material. And I, I, I used two gallons of soil defender per acre with three bags of our Groganics uh, new Gen 2 fertilizer. And then I did another area of the field with two gallons and our Gen 1 Groganics. And I was just blown away eight days after planting our lethal winter oats with that. I had every one of my digs, I had four roots off of one oat seed, six and a half to seven and a half inches deep. And the width of the finite roots coming off those main four roots were the width of a quarter in eight days. Like that's, that's crazy to me yeah. to see that kind of growth. And that oak field, just over the dune from Lake Michigan, so it's literally beach sand, is type material, you know, sure. soil, to energize those bacteria that live even in that sandy soil in Michigan is horrible for that. Down in Ohio, Brian, you deal with all that clay. And what oh, yeah. soil defender can do is it can soften the clay and it can make it more porous and it can take in more more water can also allow oxygenation to happen, and the oxygen is just as important as moisture is for plant growth. And that's where a lot of people struggle in the clay is they get a really good food plot going. It gets five or six inches tall, and it kind of weakens and kind of wavers and maybe falls over and dies because there's not enough oxygen in the soil. So Soil Defender also penetrates, opens up, and softens the clay barrier, allowing more oxygen and nutrient accessibility to the plant, which is going to help a lot of people. And, and for me, that's important because I do a lot of food plots, you know, down in the south. And um, a lot of our customers, even in in, uh, in the southern states that do struggle with clay, have been seeing great results um, in the last two years of field testing. That's great. Wes, have you applied the uh, soil defender? I have not yet. We actually had a conversation today about getting some of that in my hands this, this uh, season here. Um, trying to, you know, basically I'm going to do a side-by-side comparison in some of my plots and just see, you know, the different soil conditions and areas, you know, what, you know, just the difference in those areas. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Nick, you want to walk us through how how the best time and uh, application is for that? Yeah, so um, on the soil defender, we're applying two gallons two gallons per acre of the product initial application and we sell it in one gallon jugs and a two and a half gallon jug. So depending on the size of your food plot, we wanted to give some variety for those that just have small plots, but 
you know, need to have big results. Uh, we did the one gallons. On a uh, first application, two gallons per acre. The cool thing about this product is it can be applied by itself or it can be applied in the tank when you're spraying your glyphosate or Roundup or grass and weed killer uh, application. So it doesn't have to be a second step. We do recommend at a minimum that you mix at least 14 gallons of water to one gallon of soil defender. And why is that? Because water activates the product by pushing it down into the soil and dispersing it throughout the soil. So unlike your grass and weed killers that need to dry on the plant for X amount of hours before rain, you can actually go out on a rainy day with a backpack sprayer on your quad or your tractor, and you can spray your fields with soil defender because the more water, the better. So as few as 14 gallons, and you could go 100 gallons to the acre with one gallon of soil defender or two gallons um, and get an even better, an even faster effect. Soil defender is a very, uh, is an optimum product to complement the groganics. And the, the way I compare them is they're similar, although I will say soil defender has, has a handful more, um, nutrients and some additional things than what our groganics has in it. But the soil defender acts more like a liquid gel. When you have a headache and you take a liquid gel, it's almost instantaneous to get rid of that headache or to suppress it versus a hard capsule, which takes a little while to start working, but it lasts longer. And a liquid gel doesn't necessarily last as long. So they're very nice to put them together. The cool part is, is that you can reduce your Groganics application by 50%. So the new Groganics is six bags to the acre versus Gen 1, which was eight bags to the acre to start a brand new food plot. Now you can go down to three bags of Groganics Gen 2 fertilizer, uh, Fusion 444 fertilizer with that two gallon application, or after your initial two gallons, you're going to be able to do one gallon per acre with those three bags of Groganics. What that does is it does the other thing that I am very focused on is saving people money, saving them time, because everything we do costs time and money, and time is our most valuable asset, although, you know, with Corona, we've had a lot of extra time on our hands. But generally speaking, with work and school and kids and sports and all the things we have going on all the time, our time is precious, and our money is, the space that our money is precious as well. And so we're always trying to find a way to get, you know, the same results or better results by spending less time actually having to do the hard work and to get the results we're trying to look for with the least amount invested. So um, when you break that down, you're able to really dramatically, especially after your first application in the spring, which is where I would recommend two gallons of soil defender applied with three bags of Groganics Fusion 444 Gen 2 per acre in the fall, I would then apply it again for my fall application at one gallon per acre with three bags of Groganics. Or you could stay at the two gallon rate and not use the Groganics pelletized at all in the fall and just spray all of your current food plot as well as spraying that, that um, which will get down into the soil through the plant and back down for your new overseeded seedlings that you're putting over the top of your spring food plot. So it's very versatile. Let's say we hit a high utilization time of the year, right? Your deer just pound your food plot. You can go out there and spray the food plot with soil defender. It will help the recovery of the plants, the regrowth, 
and to continue to bolster the growth trees as long as the plant is in the growth stage, right? It hasn't hit its peak or its maturity. It will continue to regrow and grow and grow that plant. So what that helps you because the animals can consume, it doesn't hurt them to consume the liquid on the leaves. It doesn't affect that bacteria in the stomach of that deer or the gut of that deer. It doesn't hurt the deer because it's a natural product. It's not, it's not a negative to the deer's gut health, which is also important because a lot of the things that we spray on our, on our plantings or try to enhance are not necessarily good for our whitetail to take into their gut because it's, it can kill off the bacteria or cause a disruption. And that is another important factor, not only in aqua shield and drinking out of the pond, or hey, for that matter, say you want to treat the pond in your backyard, Jared, for your kids to go swimming in or jumping in or throw the stick for your dog, that's safe as well. Same thing is true with the soil defender. When you're spraying it on the plants, you don't want to introduce a negative to your deer. And this product definitely, uh, you know, is a safe product in that regard too. So hopefully I didn't talk around in too many circles there as far as the explanation of when to use it and how to use it. But the, you, I would say no more than every 30 days you could spray your food plot with it, but you only really need to do two gallons at planting and then a gallon in the fall again. And from that point forward on that food plot, you put that initial two gallons, every two and a half gallon jug is going to treat two and a half acres for a hundred bucks. Okay. That's cheap. You're getting out of food plotting pretty cheap at a hundred bucks an acre for with sure. the soil defender, right? So, um, you know, the, the new Gen 2 Groganics Fusion 444, which is another product we introduced at, uh, at ATA, uh, very cool to be able to, to do two less bags around every single food plot you're putting in. Not only does it save you your squirreled away lunch money, <laughs> I keep joking that the new Groganics um, 444 and 705 is also something you can use on your home lawn, and it's safe, it's pet safe, people safe, kids safe, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, Groganish Gen 2, you actually reminded me of a question from one of the podcast listeners, uh, our friend Rob Vandervenen. Um, you want to go through this question? Would that be a good explanation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, his question was, um, if my soil test calls for 50 pounds of a 12-12-12, how does that translate if I use Groganics since it's 844? So the the numbers on Groganics, original Gen 1, 844, and Gen 2 being 444, it's very difficult to compare them because synthetic fertilizer is only NPK, rock salt, or I mean salt, and, and then um, the limestone, right? So it doesn't have the humic. It doesn't have humic acid, fulvic acid, carbon. Uh, it doesn't have the gypsum. It doesn't have all the other things we have going on that are feeding and activating the, the microbes and putting putting them to work in your soil. The best way for the closest number I can compare is when you look at a Groganics organic fertilizer, and that also goes for Soil Defender, which is a 777 uh, NPK. Those numbers equate to about three and a half to four times that number you see on the bag if you were to try to do a comparison. So a, okay. uh, an 844 would be, would be the equivalent of 32-16-16, right? But the difference is if you were pouring a 32 nitrogen level onto something, you would burn it. And the coolest thing about Groganics and Soil Defender is they don't burn. You'd have to put truckloads of the stuff to burn something. 
Um, awesome. But they will grow really fast. <laughs> so if you put it on your lawn and you put it on the heavy, you'll be mowing three times a week, right? But it also, <laughs> no, you know, more is not necessarily better, like we discussed earlier. And although it will help your food plot grow to put more on, um, it's not necessary. And at some point, it, it just becomes, you know, something that's not going to be consumed rapidly enough. And, and you really, it comes back to the frugality of how are you trying to stretch your money. So. So, Wes, have you used uh, Nick's Groganics, either Gen 1 or 2? I have used Gen 1. Um, it's, it's funny talking about lawns. I used to uh, be a or apply fertilizer to lawns commercially. So we did a test on that one time. You know, one of the biggest things now is organic. And we did a test, and it blew away, you know, the commercial, or I want to say the synthetics that, you know, we were putting on lawns. It just it was unreal the growth and the color and and when you when you think about not putting negatives on there versus you know that organic everybody loves that so um but tell them about your garden yeah that's that's what i'm getting into so i had a bag get i had a bag get wet one time and i threw it into my garden and tilled it in because it wouldn't go through a spreader i had tomato plants that were clearing six feet and you know they'd never done that anytime before my (laughs) My pump, my wife's a big Halloween nut, so uh, my pumpkin plants literally took over my backyard. I mean, I've never seen. I was sending Nick pictures. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, this is insane. My my whole one side of my yard was garden. It just it just took over, and the only difference was groganics. It was so That's funny. Amazing. He sends me this picture. Cool. I said, I didn't know you were growing a community garden. It was growing through the chain link fence <laughs> into his neighbors. Yeah. He said, my neighbors yeah. have pumpkins, and everybody's having pumpkins. It was cracking yeah. me up. It, it was awesome. It was insane. <laughs> just, it blew me away. I mean, like I said, you know, with, with years past to, to compare it to, I'd never seen anything like it. I had a customer grow an 870-pound pumpkin for a pumpkin wow. competition with two bags of groganics it's it is it crazy just a ginormous thing it was big it was taller than his daughter was i was like wow paid for itself when he won the competition right yeah right exactly so now, i just think it's awesome like every time i fertilize i've been doing this for a while now and i still i'm like can i put a little more on or am i gonna burn this you know you're always wondering and then with groganics you just load it up and dump it on and you know, there may be people who want to use other products and have their have their situation dialed in, but for a guy like me, the fact that I can't screw it up is pretty awesome because my mind is going 30 different directions every single day, and the last thing I have time to do is sit there and figure out, you know, ounce by ounce how much fertilizer I need. So that's pretty awesome, both Soil Defender and this. You know, you really are organic and you can't burn. That's amazing. Yeah, time and money. Cool. Time and money. Yep. yep, time and money, right? So, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm always trying to be conscious of that because, you know, we don't have enough of either one of those things. And so, you know, I, I try to come up with the best product I can and keep the price reasonable, and then I start working and chipping away at the price to drive it down. And, you know, the it's six bags versus eight bags of Gen 1 on the Groganics Gen 2, so it's two bags less work. And it's about the same price because the price is a little bit more expensive with the technology that we – worked with with our supplier that black chips and wrapped around the pellets but what's cool is that the nutrient um, dispersion over the entire food plot is so dynamic in that it's I liken it to the difference between 
when you put M&Ms in your hand, right, and your hand gets hot and they start to kind of bleed out the colors around the M&M, but there's a bunch of voids, kind of like a, kind of like a wagon wheel where you have the spokes, but you have all these gaps, right? And that's how when you broadcast fertilizer, you get nutrient load in a certain area, but you get these gaps. Well, what's cool about our new black gypsum technology that's wrapped around each pellet is the difference is you don't have the gaps. As you add the water, the nutrients flow more uniformly, much like when you pour pancake batter on a skillet, right? You pour a pancake, and no matter what, you try to pour the next one, and they're like, oh, it's going to touch it, right? The cool thing about pancakes is they run into each other. They don't flow over the top of each other, do they? They flow around, and pretty soon we're making Mickey Mouse ears, and we're making all these animal shapes. And kids are like, I want that one. And then your other, I know you, Jared, your kids are like, oh, I yeah. want that one, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, but the cool thing is, is that if you just kept pouring the pancake batter, if you put hot oil into a skillet, it flows, and it eventually it reaches very uniformly that all the way out to the edge of that skillet. And that's what the black gypsum technology does with the groganics. And so instead of having stuff that's one inch, three inch, and seven inches, everything is uniformly seven inches tall across your food plot, which what does that mean? It means healthier, deeper root system turns into better um, balance and nutrient um, uptake by the plant, more mineral and nutrient uptake by the plant, more groceries, and more available for your whitetails, which helps to build their body, help their overall uh, their growth, fawn milk production in your does, et cetera, and antler production in your bucks when your bodies when their bodies are being taken care of, and you know that's always our focus is how can we get the the most available nutrients to our whitetails as efficiently as possible, while being as economical for you know the hunter the, or those planting those food plots to get that success. That's great. Now, Nick, uh, there's been a lot of movement for everybody trying this no-till and trying not to disturb the soil. Unfortunately, I'm still old school. I'm spinning those tiller tines. Is there any concerns with that, with the soil defender? Do I have to worry about applying it before tilling or after tilling or losing any of it? Nope, nope. So there, what's cool, and I kind of mentioned this on the front end, but there is some, I guess, uh, fine uh, notes to be taken. So one thing about soil defender, as I mentioned, that it breaks down glyphosate toxins in the soil, you know, different chemical uh, buildup. So when you first put the soil defender into your sprayer that you've used in the past, and even if you flush it out with water after spraying glyphosate or any other things through it, um, you're going to have some residuals in your, in your sprayer lines or in your pump or in the corners of your tank. So what I always recommend people do before they put anything else in there is to get, um, you know, plastic or glass um, uh, measuring cup and put a cup of soil defender into your tank. Fill your tank completely to the top where it's about to come out the top spout and turn your research pump on if you can. If you have a pump that just builds pressure and you don't have that, then just kick your pump on and let that water flow through the pump, through all the lines, and out the sprayer tips because you are going to grab every little bit of dry, sticky, gooey, and it's going to break it down. It's going to make your sprayer, it's going to clean your sprayer like it was brand new. But what's going to happen is going to push that all out to the sprayer tips, and you're going to have spraying and not spraying, and you're going to be frustrated. So I learned the hard way. I stuck it in my sprayer with all my Roundup, and here I've got, you know, Two, five gallons in a 60-gallon tank, and I've got all this water mixed up with my glyphosate, 
and I'm ready to go spray a field, and I turn it on, and it sprays for a minute, and I pick, and here I had to pull that out, and it's leaking on the ground. So my recommendation is pour a cup of soil defender into however big your tank is, um, cycle it through, get the sprayers working really well, then add your glyphosate and or or your soil defender, or put them in co- combination together in there uh, before you, and then go out and do your spraying, just so that you don't end up frustrated and dumping your product on the ground. Um, to answer your question with the no-till or tilling or at any juncture, you can spray soil defender with your glyphosate. You can spray it after your glyphosate. You can spray it before you turn the ground. You can spray it after you turn the ground. You can spray it after you seed the food plot. It can be sprayed after the vegetation is coming up and growing and at any stage at 30 to 45 day intervals if you want to continue to feed that plot to try to maximize the grocery um you know it's there's not a wrong time to apply it um other than you know if it's freezing out because it's not going to do um well that's not true that that's really not a true situation either if you're getting if you're getting cold at night um we actually did an, an application to a um to an alfalfa field here about three weeks ago when here in Michigan we're still hitting you know freezing temperatures at night in fact we had two inches of snow after spraying this field and seeding it in alfalfa which is unheard of we heated up the ground so much by creating this bacterial activity in the soil that not only was the whole field not covered in snow where there was two to three inches of snow all the way around it it was steaming from the heat coming off and the heat we generated by oh. and by energizing those bacteria. And we did this on a Friday. By Tuesday, we already had alfalfa germed and growing up out of the ground in freezing temperatures. So it's pretty cool how dynamic the product can be, and it can get you a head start um, on your food plots and growing and getting things going in the spring um, as well. But, you know, I still – don't recommend trying to go into border patrols and some of your legumes too early unless you have a very controlled um, uh, plan of action that we've discussed to be able to help you be successful. So like we did with this particular farmer who needed to get a jump start. Right. So you made that super simple for us too. I love it. (laughs) Trying to. So, yeah, it's – so, okay, so let me get back to the subject you asked me about no-till. I'm a huge proponent. I'm a huge, huge guy for no-till. I honestly hadn't done much of it myself over the years. I bought a Genesis uh, 5 no-till seeder last year. I did a lot of experimenting and planting with it, which was really fun. It was cool. It was something new to learn. But with every new lesson, you know, you get you get smacked on the wrist a little bit. And what I did find is that it puts everything on – uh, a five to seven inch, I can't remember what it was, five to seven inch centers, right? And depending on what you're planting, that's a lot of open space for grass and weeds to develop. So um, I I did some experiments where I overseeded by hand because I like to do that a lot. Um, but I had to force myself to use a seeder because I, you know, I usually use my Earthway bag seeder or whatever bag seeder I have. Um, and I can do it in the dark at night and put it on very uniformly just from the feel and sound of it but I had to oversee these fields and then I no-till drilled through some of that stuff um I had pretty good results so I use kind of cover crops uh in the form of our crop duster which has our fall triticale our winter rye our 
KFP Lethal Winter Oats, our Crimson uh, Clover, and then Radishes. And I used that as kind of a filler, it. and then I drilled brassicas and seven-inch centers through that, and it was an ama- it turned out amazing. However, in the plots where I did nothing but drilled brassicas, I saw a lot of weed and grass fluctuation because I wasn't covering the ground well enough. Um, but the soil defender did its job. Now, with that, it will grow the heck out of weeds too. So it's not a it's not a weed preventative or a grass preventative. Uh, but because uh, it, it makes everything grow. Um, however, if you get a good seed bed prep and you get good seed coverage, your food plots will definitely outgrow the grass and the weeds, um, especially if you're planting at the right times of the year. Hey, Wes, what are you uh, planting from the Killer Food Plots website this year? I mean, he's got a ton of products. That crop duster, I mean, that just, like, his home with me. I love everything in it. Uh, I plant that anyways, you know. But Wes, what do you got on your, uh, in your spreader, if you will? <laughs> I actually, uh, a little bit of everything. I'm going across the board, you know, different areas, different reasons. But I'm, I'm with you on the crop duster. When, uh, when he came out with that product, you know, it sparked my interest. You know, I was a big fan of lethal oats. One of the first plots I ever did with Nick was lethal oats. They're my favorite. When, Oh man, the the whitetails, they just devoured it. You know, all all season long from September into December, January that year, I'm like blown away. So when when the uh, crop duster came out with that variety and and getting the the clover and the radishes and mixing that together, I I was in love with it at first sight. Yep, I hear you. Have you did you plant that last year by, by chance or any other year? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I had a uh, I had a plot that had a grass issue, and every time you know, I don't know if you guys had this problem, but anytime you till or have a grass issue and you till up and it re-germinates the grass seed, right? So I oh, I yeah. killed the grass and just did an overseed, and it, it was phenomenal, and it was great for that application to try to gain control of that grass problem. Yeah, Brian can probably talk to you all day about grass after uh, 2019. <laughs> Him and grass in 2019 were, you know, enemies. But it's uh, it with that no-till kind of throwing or what I would say spray and pray method that you mentioned, Wes, where you you spray and then you know top dress into all the the dead thatch. I did that with Nick's Carnage Press because. Again, made me look like a pro, so that's why I keep coming back. <laughs> well, it, it's funny. Well, you got to try something else this year. Cause all right, all right, I will. I, it's so, hard to leave the, yeah. you know, the home run, but I'll try. <laughs> that carnage brassica is amazing. I did the same thing. I had a plot, you know, where grass was an issue, and and it was my uncle's, and I planted. I did a spring plot. The grass took it over, and I was like, all right, I'm killing it. I'm doing carnage brassicas for the fall, and I didn't go back to you know I. Overseed it, fertilized, killed the grass, did all that. And Thanksgiving Day, we were out there, and he goes, you got to go check out the plot. And I'm like, he just kind of looked at him, and he's like, seriously, walk back there. We had 12-inch radishes, if not bigger. And I'm not talking about the tops. I'm talking about, you know, the vegetable itself. Over and over, it just blew my mind. The size of everything with, with doing a simple overseed and fertilizing, I, it was it was like you said. It makes you look like a pro when you didn't even try. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I had cool that experience. Thing. 
Yeah, the cool thing uh, is, you know, you had some great success, Brian, with your with your chicory out there. But one oh, of the yeah. cool things about Soil Defender is that it addresses that negative bacteria, the negative nematodes, and a lot of us are restricted on our brassicas. We should rotate every three years because we build up the bad, the decaying bulbs, and, and you know, that negative bacteria can develop in the soils. And so we're, we should be rotating. Well, with Soil Defender treating that soil, part of the reason why it's called Soil Defender is it is defending against bad bacteria and, and nematodes setting up in your seed bed. And so if you spray that, that twice a year application rate, you're not going to have that problem. And I have properties I manage for clients, man, they, they slam deer on White Rage and on the Carnage Brassicas, and they want them in their plots every single year in those spots. That's where they kill their hammer buck every year. And they're and like you, Jared, it's like, man, it works, and it makes me look like a pro. And I have so much grocery stock, the deer can't help but come there. And my customers, they're like, well, why would you rotate into that, you know? Uh, you know, why do I need to do that? And it's not that it's not productive, but it's not Carnage Brassicas. And right away, they're like, oh, no, I have to have my Brassicas, right? So what's cool is if that's what works for you in your area or, you know, whatever it happens to be, you don't have to rotate out of it anymore if you're using that soil defender. So that's another benefit of it that I forgot to mention when we were kind of Very talking nice. about it. But, you know, one one thing Wes can talk about is his um, – Wes is our is, – is a huge um, – he's got a giant heart, and he's such a great guy in, and in regards to our outreach and the things that we want to do at Killer Food Plots. Um, a lot of our staff – grab the baton in certain areas and they run with it. You know, Bob Sisler, Corbin, he's too too shy to be on this podcast. But <laughs> if you if you know our Corbin back yeah, we know our right. Corbin Bechtel. He's very knowledgeable and, and he'll talk to a group of people, yourself included at a show, but he's too shy to get on a podcast. But um, you know, Bob Sisler, he's working around the clock right now trying to to train all of his guys and the whole COVID thing. So he wasn't able to jump on but he will in the future for some some future podcasts, but those those guys, including Wes, have the baton that they run with, right? And Wes's thing for us is that he is really passionate about getting vets out to hunt, disabilities, um, you know, amputees, a lot of different things. And Wes, along with some of our partners in Ohio and good friends of Wes and, and myself. Um, they have opened up their lodge and they have provided that. And Wes has planted some really great food plots. He has used core in his feeders and along with his shelled corn and stuff to be able to get the deer and get them in front of those vets. But I will tell you, he is awesome at, he's got a giant heart and he is such a great host and he is so passionate about capturing those hunts on video, doing whatever it takes. He does not get the recognition uh, when it's all said and done that he should. And and uh, I feel like this is a good opportunity to pat him in the back and give him a big old brother hug from here. But he makes that happen every year during the muzzleloader hunt while we're getting ready and jamming to try to get ready for ATA. He grabs that baton, and he makes that happen for not one, not two, often five, six vets um, wow. in Ohio, and along with many other people that are involved. But he has spearheaded that for the last five or six years, um, working with, uh, like I said, some of the other folks down there. Um, and it's it's pretty phenomenal 
the impact he's had and the relationships he has with these guys. So you should talk a little bit about that, Wes, because I know it's changed your life in a lot of ways. I, uh, I mean, you know, obviously I'm, I take a part in that, but you know, with Meyer Lodge there that, you know, it's a big partner with you and, you know, with everything that, that they do at the lodge and all the friends they have, they have so many people that just come together and such an outreach. It's, uh, you know, to me, it, you know, I don't even want the recognition. I, I love being a part of it and, and just having that blessing to, to do that. You know, it's not, it's not something that I just enjoy being in the outdoors and anytime I can be a part of helping someone get a deer, or, you know, whatever it is. I know the first year we did it, um, we had a, a amazing guy by the name of Ryan Garza come in and, you know, it changed my life. It changed my outlook on everything. It really, you know, I, I thought I was helping somebody. I didn't even realize, you know, what it would do to me. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's just been amazing and I get to do what I love doing it. So, you know, that, that's that's just a blessing in itself. Well, I struggle. Wow, Wes. Yeah. yeah well, holy the cow, reason I bring it up, it, yeah, the reason I bring it up is, you know, I had a very, very hard 2015 where I was taken to the brink and had, you know, had some PTSD. And, and uh, I'd met Wes at ATA, and who knew that relationship with that 18, 19-year-old <laughs> kid was going to turn into essentially a life-saving um, hunting retreat, which was really one of the best hunts I ever had in my life and the most memorable hunt I've ever had, even more than the first buck I ever killed. And we didn't kill anything except a bunch of stress and, uh, and you know, regained some sanity and, and that whole trip. And, um, you know, Chris and Chris Myers did open up their lodge for, for us to come there. But I know how much of an impact it had on my life, and I can only imagine these vet, veterans that – have given everything and sacrificed everything, um, you know, with that same humble spirit and that passion that we have for food plots that they have for defending our country and doing what they need to do. And, you know, I know, Wes, you don't want any recognition, but, I, you know, I just think it's so important. Everything is a team effort, you know, to get stuff done, whether it's food plots yeah. or it's, you know, caring for our community, raising our kids, whatever it is we're doing, um, we're better when we do it together. And, What's really cool is that, you know, Wes never wants to take the credit, which makes him even that much more special. But, um, you know, you know, I love you, brother, and, and uh, I love what you do. And, and it's very cool to see and hear when he gets done, he comes to ATA, the energy he has and talking about meeting these veterans and, and seeing the smile on their face and just how excited they are. And, you know, many of them are in really dark, bad places and, and uh, just the the change in their whole demeanor and their outlook. And um, and I know, you know, Wes, you stay in contact with several of those guys that you've had, you know, the opportunity to serve um, during those, those you know, three to five day visits to the Myers Lodge and to hunt those properties, but all that work you put into food plots. And I know it's changed your life. And, you know, I, I think, as we look at what's happened during this, this struggle and this time of this pandemic. And, you know, it's so cool to see people coming together and people helping each other. And, um, you know, I, I, I witnessed the other day at, at Meyer of all places, but, you know, this young person actually helping this little lady with her groceries and helping her uh, get what she needed. She was struggling to get a thing of flour or sugar or something, you know, and it's just little things like that that go a long way for people. And, 
And uh, I don't know. I'm I I have a I just have a, a big hurt for people, and I feel like it's important that that we don't lose focus. That we have to look out for our neighbor and our brother, and and uh, you know, for the perfect stranger on the road, you know, that we meet somewhere that you just don't know the impact you have on their life. And um, Wes had that huge impact for me in 15, and he continues to have that huge impact and and having that humble spirit to serve um, every year during muzzleloader and. Uh, to make that happen for others. And, you know, I know you guys at Habitat Podcast do a lot of things with youth and you do a lot of things with, have done some things with veterans. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's pretty dynamic. Um, it's a really dynamic community that we have and, and a real positive one. So thanks for that. I want to kind of go in with you on that. I I think that's one of the things that, that has drawn me so to Killer Food Plots I've watched you turn down a deal because your seed wasn't going to be on the shelf at the right time. And, you know, with these products that we've talked about on this podcast, I don't even know, you know, all the details that you do. And when I listen to you talk, I'm like, yeah, I ain't even going to break into that because I'd look like an idiot. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, like the thing I look at is over the years since I've known you, you, your, your mission is success. And it's not about, you know, the dollar and and to me that's that's what's everything and why you know i stand by your product and anybody i can get it in their hands and and push it that's why i do what i do because it's not you know that you want success and when that's your goal that 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 means everything that shows you know what type type of company you have so between you know i i don't know a company out there that has the products that you have as in the organic and, you know, between retain that you haven't even talked about, you know, it, it, it's all about making it easy and all those bad conditions and getting that plot to grow no matter what. Cause at the end of the day, if plot doesn't make it, you know, what was it all, what all that work for? So right. that, that to me is, is really powerful and says a lot about your company. Thanks brother. Appreciate I mean, it. I think, Everybody who's listened to our podcast and, and heard Nick on here before, hopefully they're starting to understand what kind of guy he is. Um, you know, we met through business prior to the podcast, and uh, you know we're we're great friends. And I, you know, you're a great Christian guy. You've been nothing but amazing to me every time I meet you, and I will always support you. So I think uh, you know the fact that you and you, you got team members like Wes who support the veterans like crazy. We're huge supporters of the veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian is a veteran, and like we have a lot of just a lot of people that that really don't get shouted out enough. And it's it's cool to you know put yourself second and just you know be a be a good person. So I'm glad you guys brought that up. That's awesome. And and Wes, what is that foundation? I feel like we should mention that foundation or that, that cool. retreat. Well, like I mean, Nick, I I feel like Nick blew me up more than he should have, obviously. But uh, you know, Meyer Meyer Lodge and and everybody that's came together and helped him. There's so many people. Um, um, you know, they they do so much for our community, so much for everybody around us. Um, just a a true blessing in our area for everything. Even you know, um, foundations to check out. That's been a part of it, you know. Daryl Worley, the Worley Foundation. That's a cancer research. Um, you know, he he created that down there in Tennessee. Um, that's huge. Uh, the Couture, the G.I. Couture Foundation, Raina Couture. Um, 
you know, they've been a part. Um, I, I don't know all of them. Like I said, there's been so many people that just helped them out, and it, it's really not meant to be a, a, a – everybody just puts in. Everybody does their part, and anybody that can help does. And it's like I said, it's been it's been pretty un, unreal and a, a, an enormous blessing on my part to be a part of. And, um, you know, I, like I – I could go on on who all needs to be recognized for that, but I think I'm one of the last person, you know. Yeah, that's so awesome. you, you do some of the filming for some of those hunts too? Well, I, I've done some here and there for them, um, but actually we just had uh, the Elevated. Um, they're a film crew out of Ohio locally yeah. that, that uh, kind of picked up and started. Um, they, they came in and made a big part. You know, you get so many hunters and so much. And, and they got their own thing going that it works good for them to be a part of it, right? So they, sure. they've stepped in and donated their time and made a big part of that too. So there's just so many, like I said, there's so many people that just come together. And and it's it's great to see something when, when people's hearts are in the right place. So right. Um, it's just, it's, it, it, it's like I said, I can't, I can't tell you how, many, how much it's been a blessing and just to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get, we'll have to get a link off of you for Elevated or, or any of those that made it to YouTube, that'd be great. I'd like to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had a pretty successful – we've had some pretty successful years, uh, you know, in the woods actually harvesting some deer. And, you know, we've uh, – it, it's cool. Like I said, I, I always look forward to seeing his excitement when he gets to ATA and telling me the stories and shoot me the pictures. I, I can't wait to get the pictures of, of the guys and, you know, just hear about – it's be able to actually be there and maybe do some hunts ahead of ATA but uh yeah it's pretty special and and you know the bigger part is is just that it it takes a lot of people to make those things happen and and you know uh Wes talked about a, a few of the people and you know we've had buck commander in camp we've had some different yeah. folks there that took hunters uh, a couple years ago man they uh we got all our hunters deer and they said hey let's go get some more guys from the local you know local uh um <laughs> Uh, VFW and and just we have they have a big dinner there at, at the Meyer Lodge and, and local uh, local veteran night we're kind yeah, of yeah like, local veteran like a, night so everybody can kind of socialize hang out share stories and uh, they were successful very quickly in in the areas that you know uh, West and the other guys had got you know food plots and got stuff going that they were actually able to bless some other veterans and bring them in to hunt and and to take partake in that experience and it was a really cool. Um, wrap up of the week to see all those guys together to see their giant smiles and that camaraderie and just you know just to get the monkey off their back for the day and get that stress and get all that out and just go out and do what we love to do and we all love to do which is get out and and, and hunt and take in you know mother nature and the creation and it's just a cool thing so um, yeah. you know and and that's you know not to not to take away from any of the other uh, folks on our team, but it really Killer Food Plots is is started as uh, uh, you know my passion for problem solving, but it's gotten to be so much greater than that in in the different personalities and the drive and the passion of those on our team. We share a common passion, but we we impact the greater community and the greater uh, for for the benefit in other areas. You know, Corbin. Corbin's a veteran. He's a he's a, a Marine, and um, and his son just joined forces. And you know, just to see, just to to be a part of 
bad and and to see that happening and I don't know I don't know how to even put it into words it gets me emotional but to see him have his son go off to basic training and how proud he is of him to graduate from that and um you know our kids you know as we grow up we do knucklehead things and you know but you know that's what a proud moment to for him to take to take on and you know and the Sislers they've had some really struggles with you know their granddaughter has some had some health things happen when she was born and just to see every all of us to be able to come together and um go through those things together it's a lot easier to do it when we're a giant family and we're supporting each other than if we had to do it alone and I just you know I just think that's what makes us so unique as we started as a company with customers and we are all family now and and, you know, we feel that way about you guys as well. You know, Jared, you and I are brothers for life, and that's just the way it is. And, uh, um, you know, and, and Brian, I, I feel like that about you as well. As I've got to know you over the last few years. And, for sure. You know, we always joke and say if one of us was in jail, it doesn't matter how many states away, we'd be there to bail you out and smack you in the back of the head and get you back on the straight and narrow, right? But, but you know, we really we have that, you know, camaraderie and that respect and that um, that love for each other. and. And I just, it's a cool thing. So um, I appreciate the opportunity to always be on this podcast. I know how many, how many amazing listeners you have. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult. We're spread thin and we joked about our gray hair earlier, but um, you know, it takes a lot of hours to, to do what we do and um, to, to accomplish the things we do. And, you know, sometimes it's just purely overwhelming to find a balance between family and our passion and, and our businesses and, and oh, yeah. answering customers' questions and, you know, that need and that hunger for information that's out there and being able to supply it. So, um, you know, please tap into our videos. They're on our website on, on almost all the products, not on some of the new ones, but we'll start creating some of those. Um, be patient if we're not responding immediately to all your questions, but we want to be there. We want to answer the questions. Um, we're trying to uh, – uh, we're going to start to try to create a – Frequently asked questions on our website. Killerfoodplots.com is our website. Um, you can get a lot of information there. We do have a YouTube channel, Facebook, and Instagram. So definitely people listening, plug into that. There's some really good testimonials. You'll see some of the things that people are doing. Um, we definitely want to create a, a healthy uh, environment where it's positive. And um, certainly if you have questions, ask a lot of those people on the page, you know, they, they can tell you firsthand the experiences that they've had and the struggles they've had and what they've done to find solutions. And that's what's cool about this community at Habitat Podcast is it's a place to go to get those, to get that information and the resources um, to start having greater success and get different vantage points on things too, right? Because, you know, my vantage point isn't, be, I don't, isn't you know, the end all in, in maybe your situation. So <clears throat> it's important. No, we appreciate you coming on again, Nick. And Wes, thank you very much. Uh, you know, you guys are a great team, a great company. We'll always support you guys. And, you know, small business right now, everybody needs everybody's help. So please, uh, you know, pay, uh, check out killerfoodplots.com. Pay attention to what they're doing. If anybody hasn't noticed yet, we do have a, a KFP discount code, right, for podcast yeah. listeners? Yeah. I think that is uh, HP10% sign, so HP10%. And uh, that's a huge deal when you're buying a bunch of seed like we do. So, and then, you know, free well, shipping, we have free shipping. We have free shipping, too, which is even better. <laughs> oh, right? 
So 10% off and free shipping. Guys, check out Nick at Killer Food Plots. And um, Nick, thanks again, bud. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for being on with us, Wes. Yep, no problem. All right. See you, Brian. See you, Jerry. God bless you guys. Thank you. You too, man. You thanks again. Appreciate it. Love you guys. See you guys. Take care. Thank you so much, Brian, Nick Percy, Wes Baker, for coming on the show again tonight. We really appreciate that. And it was another amazing episode. Nick is so knowledgeable and just has so much good information for us. Um, I often have to listen to these episodes more than one time to, to grasp, two or three times. And just, you know, Killer Food Plots, great partner of ours, great products, and uh, just really happy to be working with them. So thank you, Nick. And the listeners, more importantly, thank you guys for coming back and listening once again. We really appreciate your support. We have a great episode coming up on pollinator habitat, bees and uh, butterflies and things of that such. So pretty cool discussion. I'm, I got to say, I was very enthralled with it and just uh, kind of taken aback by how much <laughs> I don't know about all that good stuff. And it's very cool episode coming up, uh, episode 81. So be sure to tune in for that, and we will be back uh, back then for you. I want to thank everybody who's gone on to HabitatPodcast.com and check this out on there. we got some new blog posts going up, hats, shirts, land plan information, all the podcasts. Everything's at HabitatPodcast.com, guys. Thank you so much for, for going on there and, and checking us out. For those who are new, you can also find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, I believe we're on Pandora, or should be very soon. Um, all of our stuff is also on YouTube, and then Facebook and Instagram are, are great spots to reach out and, and see what we're doing these days in the Habitat world as well. So thank you, Packer Max, HuntWise, Killer Food Plots, 5-2 Outdoors, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, The Habitat Hook, Morse Nursery, and Stony Creek Realty for your support. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys, the listeners, for coming back once again. And we'll be back soon with another episode as we become better habitat managers.